This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. End every workout the right way with Core Power. Fueled by 26 grams of high-quality protein to give your body what it needs when it needs it. Recover and build lean muscle with Core Power. Sergeant and Mrs. Smith, you are going to love this house. Is that a tub in the kitchen? There's no field manual for finding the right home. But when you do, USAA Homeowners Insurance can help protect it the right way. Restrictions apply. Welcome, this is That Millwall Podcast. Today is a different show to normal. We are going to be talking about men's mental health. Uh, fairly straightforward. Um, we've got th- uh, So we've got three great guests on the line. Well, obviously, I am joined even by my regular co-host, the one and only Omar. Evening, Mickey. Evening, fella. You, uh, you've had a hard, hard week at work this week, haven't you, fella? I know, mate. I'm happy it's Friday, even though I'm in tomorrow. But, you know, we shoulder on. No games to talk about, but, you know, I'm looking forward to this show today. No, that's it. That's it. Um, Right. Why do we do this show? Well, we're all men. Um, The statistics are scary. Uh, Lockdown's been scary for quite a few men. And we thought, you know what, let's uh, let's speak to... A couple of Millwall fans who uh, do bits and pieces around mental health and uh, and around dealing with the mind. And while we're at it, uh, the FSA has started a new campaign called uh, Terrace Talk, um, which is obviously I think using your friendships at football to make sure people are okay. So um, we'll go around and quickly introduce people um, to it. So. Um, if you go first, Dave, uh, if you can just tell us who you are and who you represent, that'd be great. 
Cheers, Mickey. Um, giving up me Friday night in the pub for to do this. Uh, up, in, up here in Sunderland. I'm a Sunderland fan. I'm also deputy CEO of the Football Supporters Association. Um, the, for those that don't know, the FSA is uh, made up of supporter organisations all around the country. Uh, supporters trusts and affiliates associates, fanzines, podcasts, the works. Um, and we represent fans' views um, to the authorities in football, and we try to campaign and fight for to get the voice of fans heard at the highest level. Um, one of the campaigns that we've taken up recently, as Mickey says, is around terrorist talk, and it's about sort of amplifying that message, particularly about blokes who do clam up about talking and uh, talking about mental health issues. Excellent. And we've got another fan who is uh, Rob, who is the, the UK's number one unconscious, unconscious mind therapist. So, uh, yeah, if you can uh, introduce yourself as well, that'd be great. Tell the, tell the viewers uh, about you. Hello, but I'm actually the UK's number one unconscious mind therapist and the founder of um, Unconscious Mind Therapy, UMT. I'm also the owner of the Holistic Retreat in Marbella, Spain, and co-owner with Tamar Hassan on the Mind Soldiers, a charity that we're opening at the moment. It's a mental health campaign at the moment you will see on Instagram. So I also work on a daily basis with clients, helping them with mental health issues such as anxiety, depression, and so on. You can check out, he's got a podcast if you... Um have a check out on YouTube or just check in the description. Um, once this show is recorded, we'll put everyone's links and everything else in the show descriptions. Last but not least, by no far least, uh, we have uh, Scott, who is the is the founder of the Proper Men's Club, or Blokes Club even. Um, tell us about you and tell us about what you do then. Yeah, so I started um, uh, just a community-based project uh, starting in Southwark, um, just dealing with trying to get men talking. It started off with just uh, uh, just me doing videos whilst I was walking around and talking about issues that men uh, sort of suffer with and what I've what I've gone through. Um, and then I decided to uh, just in between lockdowns to start up uh, start up groups. And if it was to help one person, that would have been great. But it's uh, it's taken off really well in the local area. Um, and we basically just do walk and talk groups a um, couple of times a week. Um, but we also do one to one walks uh, during the week. Um, and it's just all focused around the main thing, and that's just getting men talking and and trying to break that stigma of men's mental health. So that's a good that's a good lead in there. Um, I mean, there's some some scary statistics out there which I've I've dug up um, relating mainly on a on a taboo subject, I suppose, to to suicide. Um, this time last year, there was eleven thousand, just under twelve thousand calls to London Ambulance Service relating to suicide or um, attempted suicide um, between March and November 2019. Um, obviously, during lockdown, there was close to 16,000 uh, calls to London Ambulance Service relating to, to suicide or attempted suicide. Um, I suppose, while waiting for Rob to come back, I'll go to you first, Scott. Why do you think men's suicide rates are so high compared to, you know, compared to women or compared to, to anyone else? Um, I think it's just something that uh, men have been brought up with through generations that have always meant to be the uh, the breadwinners or the, the the man of the house and and not really open up and share feelings and always bottle them. Um, and I think seeing their numbers, especially during lockdown as well, um, it, it's just madness that it doesn't get spoke about enough. 
Um, and, and I spoke to I speak to a couple of lads on the walks about this as well. We, we talk about that was the ones that has happened and the, the attempts, but it was the amount of numbers that are actually thinking about it. Um, and that's probably maybe three or four times more than that. So, so it's something that definitely needs to be uh, spoke about more. But it's, it, that's the, um, the real big question is why don't men talk? And I think through my own experience, I can't speak for anybody else. It's always been a case of, we don't talk about things like that. It just gets put in the back of your mind. And uh, and, and you, as a man or a bloke, you're meant to just uh, suck it up and crack on. Um, and I think, nah, that's the time it's, uh, it's got to change. Yeah, there's all the there's all the cliches in there. Man mm-hmm. up, give mm-hmm. your head a wobble, you know, pull mm-hmm. yourself together, uh, kick yourself up the arse, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, while we're waiting for Rob to come back, we'll we go to you, Dave. I mean, why was, um, was Terry's talk formed as such the idea to use was it because of obviously the way men's have this friendship around football for a way of people to possibly keeping an eye like people do on their neighbours etc is it was it that side of it before definitely it's um i mean it's something that we've always been aware of in terms of uh, we've done things in the past to to uh get the the mental health message out there especially around blokes talking in this feeling that it's a weakness if you have mental health issues, issues if you're a bloke. And obviously that's that's stupid. Um, so what's always been around there, but the, the lockdown and the lack of football, but being able to go to a match has definitely brought it to the head. And it was sort of um, late last year, really, when we first started having conversations in earnest about what we could, what we could do. Um, and definitely there's something in, you know, the rhythm of going to the match, like the, the routine, the like something to look forward to as well. And a lot of people's whole social lives really would, for for many, many thousands of people, centres around the match, the experience, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know what it's like for, for you guys, but for a long time for me as a Sunderland fan, the worst thing about the match day is the match. It's actually it's actually the beforehand in the pub and the crack and a few beers afterwards and going home with a takeaway or whatever. That's, that's what it's all about, meeting your friends, talking, having a bit of a laugh. Um, and that's been whipped away from 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 so many people. So I think that was probably the catalyst for it. Um, and like all the best campaigns with the FSA, it's something that came from the ground up. It was a groups of fans saying, this is what we're doing. Um, this is what we've done at our club. We've been organising Zoom calls, like watching old games, that sort of stuff, and just getting people together, looking after each other, ringing around each other. And it was... Um, a push from quite a few different clubs and support organisations in the AFL who said, why don't the FSA take that up? And our network manager, uh, Deborah Dilworth in the AFL, she took that to the rest of the staff team and we drove forward and created Terrace Talk, which is just in its infancy. We've just got it going. We've had a panel discussion, uh, which we can touch on later, but um, it's, it's, it's been really well received and we're really pleased that we've entered into that space. Yeah, let's see. I mean, Omar will will be the first to tell you, mate, that the match day experience is, <laughs> is sometimes a lot more important than um, than go. I mean, he always speaks on here of his four cancer Fosters on the train up to a, a northern shithole somewhere, and, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> isn't, right, isn't that right, Omar? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's true though. You have you have friends and you have football friends as well. You know, like to excuse a pun from a TV show, football friends. But you know, you have people that you see on a weekly basis that. You know, subliminally, you might not consider a friend, but you know, when that presence is gone, you know, 
it's definitely been a void that I know I've struggled to kind of, you know, deal with in the last year or so and just kind of, you know, try and find other ways to, you know, keep myself going on a Saturday because, yeah, football is, and it is like something maybe myself that, you know, a lot of people maybe didn't give respect for, like the whole lockdown situation and the priorities. Obviously, I understand, obviously, there's a lot more important things than football, but I do think, you know, having that opportunity to go to a game, you know, when it's gone, you, you miss it a lot, I have to say. Yeah, no, I agree. So, Rob, you, you, you've uh, you've got over the tech issues now. We were discussing, obviously, why is men's suicide um, so much higher than women, uh, and you know what what do you think the reasons are around this? Obviously, in your professional capacity or what you do, um, you probably come across um, more than probably the rest of us here. I mean, what do you think the reason behind it is? I reckon it's just a standard that most men say is that we don't speak, you know, especially if we're from like Bermondsey when I was a kid. I won't speak about it, but if I could spit up your girlfriend and you fell down, mate, just go shut up, you prick, shut up, you mug. And you'd get, you know, you just get laughed off. So men don't talk. You get, you know, I feel we don't like to feel silly and feel stupid, you know, so, and we sort of carry this childish uh, look with us as we grow older. And I think, um, I do think, though, through lockdown, men are speaking out. Like, look at us five now, only I've been on so many chat rooms now. Loads of men, celebrities, they're all starting to speak out. So I think the lockdown sends the world of good, to be honest, for for, um, for men. But depression is not being able to see a future. People forget it's a thought process. It isn't uh, it's a mental health issue. Yeah, it is a mental health issue if you're living in that process of thinking. So depression is when you can't, you ain't got no future thoughts. So, so I mean, say, for instance, it takes away anything that you're looking forward to. So like you guys talk about football. On a Saturday afternoon, you can't wait. You're working all week. You're looking forward to the weekend, getting done, getting pie mashed going to see your pals, going to the game, the pub. See, that's what makes us happy. Happy is when we've got future goals ahead of us. I'm happy going on holiday next week, to me or all, meeting meet your mates on the Thursday for beers. We've got little things that we're looking forward to. But when that gets taken away from us, we become depressed. So, example, if my uh, when my dad died, I couldn't see the future without him, so I got confused in that area of thinking. So what I was thinking about is the year and now, which I didn't really understand, and I kept going back to my dad being alive, my dad being dead, and go around in this loop. If, if you split up with a partner, what happens? You know, a lot of women get depressed when they split up with their partners, and men do. So they've got these visions of the future of getting married, you know, getting married, you know, buying a house, having kids, whatever. He fucks off and cheats with some bird. And now all of her future vision that she's had laid out ahead of her just crashes down. So all she thinks about is the year and now in the past. I, you know, I wonder what he's doing now, but he's with her. Um, um, you know, last week when I was out with my pal, he must have been round her ass. Or then she thinks of a good memory, which is we used to be so happy this time last year. That's reminding you in the moment that you're not happy now. So when you go from here and out to the past, here and out to the past in that um, circle, we become depressed. Anxiety is taking a bad past experience and throwing it in the future. So a lot of therapists have heard this uh, bollocks a lot that, you know, anxiety, anx- um, depression is the past, anxiety is the future, we've got to live in the year and now. It's not fucking true, yeah? Because anx- depression is the past, anxiety is taking a bad past experience and recreating it again in the future, like to reach, you know, to sort of like create to protect yourself from something bad happening again. So that's not a creative fault. See, when our future's been taken away from us, like in lockdown, we are going to get more depression. That means cortisol levels are going to go up, our stress hormone. Human, no, no human organism can live in higher states of stress. So, you know, stress was designed for like, you know, something bad happened, fight or flight, you'd have it on your toes. Like if you see a, um, I don't know, a deer sees a lion, it will release um, adrenaline and cortisol and it will run and it will get, once it's safe, it will stop. And it'll go back to grazing the grass again and it's cortisol levels to drop. Well, as humans, we've learned to create, you know, be able to worry 24 hours a day. 
And throughout lockdown and COVID, you turn the news on, you're looking at stress, you're talking about illness, your mate's talking about illness, talking about a jab. It doesn't matter where you go, you know, we're looking at illness. People are getting to release so much cortisol at the moment that the illness through their thoughts alone will create more deaths than COVID in the end, I believe, because no human organism can live in higher states of stress. It becomes a poison after a while, and then it prevents their organ and immune system from working and starts shutting down. So it's, 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 there's a lot. When you take away people's futures and people's, you know, little goals and we're, we're stuck, it's, it's an hard time for everyone. And, you know, suicide, I would imagine, is going to go up pretty fast. Mickey, you're on mute, mate. <laughs> Can't hear nothing, Nick. Sorry, no, there we go. I think the problem is, is that our heads play games on us. I mean, it's something what we'll come on to in a set with you, with, with a couple of shows where I looked at the way where you talk about the emotional and the, and, and the mind, how if yeah. it's working together, it, it cures. But my personal thoughts to a degree, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but the problem is that your mind is a dreadful place. And unlike women who possibly you know, if they find a lump on their breast, they talk to another best mate or, you know, like when they, you know, something wrong with their period or something wrong like that, they they feel free to sit there and do. The last thing I'm going to do if I've got something wrong with my cock is get it out in the pub and go, oi, Fred, have a look at this. Do you know what I mean? We, we, we just don't do that. And the same thing is in the head. And the problem is, is that your head is wonderful that telling you things what aren't there. And the problem is, is where you're not talking to other people to find out, if you did... If I was talking with, you know, us five are, are, are the best mates, if we had the relationship where I could phone up and say, Scott, I keep thinking this, it's bollocks, isn't it? And for you to say, yes, mate, I have those faults, they're fine. You just need to think about them a little bit and then put them away and, they, and, and they're fine. But because we don't, we, on, we end up having a little tiny thought what suddenly becomes huge. And then when it becomes huge, it starts affecting you on an emotional level where you end up having anxiety, you end up having stress, you end up having everything else. So on that level, how how much is the body do you do you find, Rob, that you have to combine the mind and, and the emotion, as in the body and the mind, to be able to, to move people forward? You that's the only way you can, there's no other way. There's not all this C B T always keep thinking about the mind and let's talk about it, talk about it. You know, someone if someone's fat, they understand that they fucking eat less and move more, they're going to lose weight. We're not stupid, but it's the emotional connections that we have. And, you know, it's, it's the thought processes that we have. So, so for instance, diets, if people, um, what does a diet do? If, if, first of all, it makes you think about food, which is the problem, yeah? You see, why would you get an alcoholic? As a therapist, if I've got an alcoholic or a gambler and you brought me to my practice and you watched me do a session, I started teaching the gambler, to think more about alcohol or, you know, to, sorry, the gamblers to think more about horses and jockeys, like teaching them about the weight of jockeys. You think, what are you doing, Rob? You know what I mean? Like, I want, you want, you want, a, you want a, um, you want an alcoholic to have less thoughts of alcohol. You want a gambler to have less thoughts of betting. And because the less he thinks about betting, the less he spends his money, the less he thinks about alcohol, the less he gambles. But when we're fat, we go, and I'll teach you about food. Just the first thought of a diet's mental, you know, it's the last thing you want to be thinking. You should be thinking about. So it's the old proverb of all time: what you think about, you become. We've got part of the brain called the reticular activator system. It's a group of neurons at the bottom of the brain that works as a filtering system. So basically, chaps, have you ever seen um, you ever um, I don't know, you, you see a car, you fancy buying a new motor. Everywhere you go, you start seeing it. You got blue or you go around your mum's. All of a sudden, you go and buy that motor. That's your RES system. It doesn't know what you want and what you don't want. So it just knows what you focus on most of the time. When your missus has a baby, I don't know if you have any kids, the first baby you have, 
all of a sudden, everyone's having fucking babies. You go around your mum's, mum would go, Yeah, boy, I bumped into Julie today. Her cousin's <laughs> niece's sister's tw- are twins. Got to be sank in the water. Where I go, people having babies. The fucking always been having babies. Nothing's changing. But when was the last, if, you ain't, if your kids are all grown up now, like me, when was the last time you ever see, a, when was the last time you see a pram? I can't remember the last time I see a fucking pram. But I know I drive past people with prams all the time, but my brain deletes them because we distort, delete, generalise information. So you've got, so I'd recommend anyone listening at home, go on YouTube and just watch a few videos on the, videos on the reticular activating system, the RES system, and it, and it shows you the science behind what happens. So when you're f- constantly talking about anxiety and depression, the more of it you're going to start, you're going to start seeing more evidence that you have it. The more you're fat and you say to yourself every day, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight, this filter will kick in and start showing you a visual evidence that you want to lose weight. People, for instance, go, I can't stop eating. So the RES system shows, gets them a burger and they're going, I'm not even hungry. I don't know what I'm eating this for. They're actually saying it out loud while the visual proof is showing it. So it's, not, it's about focusing your direction of thought. Stop talking about the fucking problems. Let's start thinking about you know, the future, let's like think about our goals. How often do we sit down and go, you know, oh, I'm going to suffer from anxiety, I don't know. So if you didn't have anxiety, what would you like to have? What would you be doing now? And start getting our, our thoughts moving into some sort of future, some thought, future vision. Because when your thoughts go from here and now to the past, here and now to the past, here and now to the past, you're going to find motivation, desire, respect, uh, high self-worth, high drive, love, all the good emotions that affect that thought process. When your thoughts go from here and now to the past, here and now to the past, that's, that's the emotions that you get with that is depression, anxiety, loneliness, fear, low self-worth, low motivation, low desire. But yet we're taught to think, oh no, we've got to overcome our problems and then we can we can start moving forward. And we spend 80% of the time looking at fucking problems to overcome and our issues that we've had from a childhood. And we're fucking, you know, it's like walking forward, looking backwards. You walk into a wall. So you have to look where you're going. So first of all, I believe if people started even just identifying that we can pivot, what do you want? Most of my clients go, what do you want from a day? They go, I don't want to feel anxiety no more. I don't want to have to worry when I get up on the bus in the morning. Like, hang on a minute. I never asked you what you don't want. I asked you what you wanted. And they go, what do you mean? I don't even understand what the question is. I go, well, you tell me what you don't want. I'm asking you what you want. I don't know what you mean. Well, tell me the fucking difference. You don't, you don't, you don't want to have anxiety, so you want to be happy. At least start getting your mind thinking on what you want and the direction that you want to go on. <coughs> you don't want to lose weight. You want to be thin. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, that, it's more about the direction of thought and then the RES system kicks in. It's all this want stuff. It doesn't understand that. It just understands that. Kind of. So I know I keep going on, but I'll get a bit excited. I really sort of stuff. But <laughs> Miami Dali, yeah? Miami Dali, what did he say? I'm the greatest. 18, he wins the Olympics in Rome. I'm the greatest. I'm the next heavyweight champion in the world. I'm the greatest boxer the world's ever seen. He's 18, everyone thought, I hope he gets knocked out. He's fucking arrogant little prick, yeah? But when I studied Ali's mind, since the age of 12, he was visualising being a world champion. And then by doing this every day, every day, every day, you build these, these group of neurons, start showing you evidence that you can do it, that you're powerful. Then, you know, you look forward to doing the extra push-ups. You look forward to going through the pain barriers. And it's the difference between a semi-pro footballer and a pro footballer is the amount of vision of what they have, which allows them to have the commitment. They can all fucking curl a ball from a corner and, and do most of the things that the pros can do. But it's the commitment and mindset that makes the difference for visualising. Same as world champion boxers I work with, you know. It's the, it's the vision that creates creates the goodness. Alan's had a good point there. Um, after stuff we worry about will never happen. Yeah, mind can percent True. Yeah. It's a good point because it is. I mean, you know, just before we come on to you, Scott, I mean, one where I can r- respond to to a degree where I'm happy sitting there talking about is that, and, and Omar, I'll do it once Omar's drank the beer before he spits it out and, and, and possibly gets a full house on his bingo card is, 
when I was involved in Mill, especially with fan on the board side of it, there was a, 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 a constant pressure that I needed to know everything that was going across social media. There was um, a constant, there was a constant feed what I needed. And the problem was that I could never, ever switch off. It got to a stage where I had to leave because um, emails, correspondence, Twitter, social media, phone calls, etc., etc., was just, it was just a one-way journey. It was all coming to me. And because of, well, I need to deal with that. I need to deal with that. I need to deal with that. That you would just, you just become swamped with it. And you felt that if you didn't deal with it, no one else was going to. Oh, they won't understand that. They won't understand that. Um, I need to deal with that bit. And then you were constantly doing it. The more you do, the more you do. And especially when an event went off at Millwall, when something happened at Millwall, your head just, it was as if you just suddenly, uh, I don't know, you just switch personalities. Your adrenaline flies through the roof and you just live on a, a, another um, on can, another can, level. Can, can I jump in on that, Mickey? Um, it's it's you touched on a point that I wanted to to bring up actually, um, which is one of the probably biggest existential effect, um, threats to the football supporters association, because we're built our our building bricks are supporter organisations, voluntary supporter organisations, where individuals at uh, supporters of any club uh, anywhere in the country will put their heads above the parapet to give up their time to be effectively the conduit between the supporters and the club. Um, and it's a it's a tough ask, uh, what, what you're touching on there, because uh, there's like a, an ambient level of stress anyway, purely just by putting yourself forward to deal with all of that. So you've got you know a fan base with a million different ideas about how things should be run. Um, you try to you do your best to represent them and you talk to the club about it. You'll have, a, you'll have a club that might not listen or a club that then goes does does something mental and then you, all of a sudden you've got this problem where there's a flashpoint that you're having to deal with and you're a volunteer caught in the middle. And then added into that mix, you've got social media. So you've got a never, it doesn't stop 24-7 feed um, asking you questions or with opinions that you're meant to then respond to. And um, that's something that we're going to be looking at from the FSA's point of view is how we can help fans who run groups to to mitigate that social that looming social media cloud that's always there and try to sort of make sense of it so that you can um I mean in the past I might have said you've got to be thick skinned to do it, but there's 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 proper ways to cope, there's mechanisms that you can that you can employ to to try to help cope with that sort of constant pressure it's it's not it's not as easy the problem is and and sorry to digress on, onto this but it is a subject I, I i dealt with personally but the problem is is that you you end up getting swamped with it what 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 happens is is that you you end up using it as a fuel it's a thankless task so you constantly try and I don't think it's I don't think it's consciously that I want to be liked. I don't think it was even that straightforward, but you do it because you think that actually there's a benefit out of it. And there isn't. I mean, no disrespect to to all the fans who supported me when I was, you know, when I done the AMS battle with the other lads and I and I done the fan on the board. If you know, the day I left, I won't give a fuck. Yeah, you got loads of people, thank you very much for what you did, blah, blah, blah. But it moves on. But at the time you're doing it, 
you don't see it does. Um, and yeah, you know, the, the official supporters group at Millwall, where I run a rival group, I, I couldn't stand them. And my hatred of them was starting to affect everything else. You were looking to, to reinforce those messages. You were, you know, you were, you were thinking that, you know, you've got to deal with it because they wouldn't be able to deal with it, et cetera, et cetera. So I understand where you're coming from. And, and I think it falls into a bit, bit all over that it's, it's one of those subjects where, um, it's it's just yeah it's just hard to do. But Scott, how have you found it with getting your strange meeting up with strangers and doing the walks? Uh, I, I just wanted to come back on a point that Rob was uh, making because he absolutely hit the nail on the head with it. Um, in terms, yeah, of, no worries. Um, when when we do our walks and stuff, it's it's all about once they come to us, they have a two minute like moan if they've had the ump with something, and then straight away we're trying to bring the conversation into a positive area. There's, there's never been one situation where we've had a walk and at the beginning of it, they feel a bit down. At the end of it, all of a sudden, they might be planning a new job career or something like that. It always ends on the positive. And that's the easy now on the head where you can't, if you've got an issue, you can't just, just keep looking back, as you said, just looking back at it. Oh, what am I going to do with this? You need to have these, these plans for the future. Although, yeah, lockdown has been rubbish for a lot of people, but it's also been a great opportunity to reinvent yourself, do something you never had the time to do before. Because that was the one thing we never had. We never had no time. A lot of people might have been on furlough or, or whatever it may have been. And, and this is a great opportunity to have said, look, now I can actually do those things that was worrying me in the past. I didn't have time to do. And yeah, that's, yeah so Rob, you smashed it in the head, mate, without, uh, without comment, Thank mate. You, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say I was intelligent as you, though, I'm afraid. No, it's <laughs> but, it's, it's, there's no um, intelligence to it. It's, just, it's no, yeah. um, no secret. You think of the future, you're mm. going to start smiling. You keep thinking of the past. Look, well, I look at it, chaps, it's like mm. this. If you if you're if you're overweight, yeah, and you think about how, how, how good you used to look, it looks like, or yeah, you think of good memory um, of, of being thin. What happens there? You think, I oh, you know what, Rob. When I was eighteen, I know I used to be. I was happy with my weight back then. You know, I had so much energy back then. I had all the birds asked me back then. What are you saying in the present moment? So you might be smiling consciously. Yeah, I know I've looked good back then. What are you saying in the moment? I don't look good now. I ain't got no birds after me now. I'm a lazy bastard. You're saying the complete opposite. Even though the words are saying I look good back then, you're, that, that unconsciously, uh, you know, translates to I don't look good now. So it's, it's good that you're doing that. I like that. A couple of minutes, let them have to talk about it. You've got to get it off the chest and then mm. try to focus it's focus their um, attention on where they're going, not where they're coming from sort of thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. The way I look at it, it's like, you know, like a sat-nav. The RS system is like a satellite navigation system. If you don't put a postcode in it, Where's it going to fucking take you to? Nowhere. It ain't going to move either. If you ain't got a postcode, that means you're driving around the road you already fucking know. You know that means you're doing the same things you did yesterday. You get out of bed the same way, you put the kettle on, you go to, you go for a walk, you go to work, talk to the same people, roughly watch the same TV programmes, drive home, and you repeat the process again and again and again. Yeah, that's, that's not having any sat-nav. But when you want to make change, when you want to come from, even if you're okay to, um, to being great, um, from being depressed to being you know happy, you have to put a postcode in. That means it's a vision inside your mind of what you want. So if you don't put a postcode in a sat-nav, it can't take you. If you're putting a vision of what you want in the future, how the fucking hell you, where you going? Where you, where you, where you, how are you trying to get out of depression and anxiety when you, all you're doing is putting in your sat-nav the thoughts that you had yesterday? You know, it's just, so, so it's good, that. It's good. I like that, mate. Yeah. Like, come on the walk with us, son. That'd be good. No, no, definitely, mate. More than welcome. So what did you do before you did the walk, though, Scott? What did what, you do what? before you suddenly decided to go, I'm going to do this? Um, what's like my own personal experience with it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, what what gave you the drive to suddenly go? You know what? I'm going to give back and I'm going to do this and help others. Um, 
Well, so, so, so the, the, the short version of it is basically I had a lot of um, access issues with my little ones and then that, that took me in and out of court every two minutes. Um, still with me going on to this day, to be fair. Um, and then eventually it did get to me over a number of years. And um, all of a sudden I've, I've lost work, I've been in financial problems, blah, blah, blah. Just, just, as I said, that negative mindset was just was in full motion. I didn't have that vision in front of me or no one around me to talk to really at the time. Or they were there, but I just didn't want to, I guess I didn't want to open up. Um, but eventually, lucky enough, I guess I'm one of the lucky ones that it got to a point of where I just said, look, I need to, I need to reach out and get some help now. So um, I reached out to the NHS, got some support with them. Um, I've done that CBT stuff, which didn't work, but it was nice to actually talk to somebody. Um, and I think that was, the, that, that was the catalyst of it, really. I was talking to someone that I didn't know, so they weren't going to judge me. So, and I was just sort of offloading, really. Um, and then I just looked at some ways that I could uh, make this feeling last for the rest of my life, really. And um, exercise was the one for me. And I weren't like a big gym head or nothing like that. So walking was the one for me. So that's when I started the first page when I was just walking about and I was talking about the issues I've gone through and stuff like that. And it got quite a good quite a good bit of feedback and it was helping some people. And in between the lockdowns, I just thought, look, this, uh, if I can help one other person locally, then it's done its job. Um, and one person turned up on the first walk um, and we, we, I think we spent about like six hours out chatting and it was like uh, everything was released and for both of us and uh, we were both doing smashing from there. And uh, End every workout the right way with Core Power. Fueled by 26 grams of high quality protein to give your body what it needs when it needs it. Recover and build lean muscle with Core Power. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. And from then, loads of other lads have joined the group and it's followed that same model. You, you just meet another lad, give them a couple of minutes to release that pressure off their brain with the, at a shit that work or the week. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the walk, they're buzzing. They're, I don't know, they're planning something in a couple of years or a new job or they're, they're, they're coming at it a lot better. So, so yeah, so my passion behind it was just to help people, really. And just the one person. But lucky enough, it's helped quite a few people. And I'm, yes, I'm really happy with that, mate, to be fair. And I'm trying to push it as much as I can. Have you always done this sort of stuff, or have you re- did you retrain, Rob? Uh, no, I was. I had like I, I trained. I started training about God knows sixteen, twenty years ago. So I started getting into it a little bit at a time. Um, started learning about bits about it, but I got I got addicted to it because for the one the first real unconscious mind therapy I learned, one of them was called neuro linguistic programming, and I was off a, I was off a burnt, the Bonhomme Estate, the old Bonhomme, you know, where just opposite the den now, yeah. the old Bonhomme Estate. And I used to live brought up on there, so I you know, didn't have fuck all growing up, you know, poor, the usual story. Uh, but I had low self-worth with dyslexic with ADHD, so I was poorer than some of the poor kids. Like, my neighbour had a next track, so I used to think it was like Dulce and fucking Cabana, like, I'd be down East Lane. So like, I was like one of the poor kids. I had like, quite a lot of low self-worth, to be honest with you, compared to my bowels and things. And... Um, I think once I started getting into the mind and started learning, when I started doing this stuff, um, I trained with a guy from America called Robert Dilks. I got addicted to it, man. I just have to learn everything. 
And he basically let me see, like, you know, if he had all the money, I, just, I won't go into it now, it's a long process, but you could basically rip down all your layers of what you think you want. So you think, oh, I want a car, I want to be rich, I want to know what this. And I go, right, if you've got that, then what will make you happy? Well, I'll have, you know, I'd have a fucking house in Florida, I'd have an house here, then what will make you happy? And it sort of strips you back so you've got everything you can think of outside your mind that you think is going to make you happy, like, uh, materialistically, because you come from nothing, you want something, as in, in, my, in my old life anyway. And... um when he got, he got me down, he stripped me down to a point and said, what makes you happy now? And it was the gnarliest question I've ever asked. And I realised that I like making other people happy. Like, even when I was young, I'd come out of a club and give an only person in my last 20 quid and walk home from Leicester Square to the bottom of me. Time I got to the end, I'd be calling myself a prick. What you fucking done that for? And I'm always been knackered. But, you know, that's just the way I am. I'd always take the piss out of myself to see someone else smile. And that's when I sort of found my enlightenment, if you like, that I like helping others. And, um, you know, once I found in tune with that, everything in my life just changed. I just went from strength to strength. Um, yeah. So, obviously, we're all football fans. So, um, Dave, the success, or obviously, I know it's in the early early um, phases, but Terrace Talk, um, what's the aim of Terrace Talk? And um, and I suppose the, the, the big question, has Millwall got on board with it yet? Um, or if not, can fans do it? Um on their own side of it without having to do it officially through the club? Yeah, well, the terrorist talk, um, very deliberately named because it is about um, getting getting blokes, uh, or getting football fans generally, but we all, you know, you've already touched on the issue of being uh, specific to, to blokes as well. And uh, it's, it's about getting people to talk, about getting them to recognise the importance of doing that, not bottling things up, um, but also about inspiring activities a little bit like what Scott's talked about there on going for walks. And um, it, it's about inspiring activities that directly could help as well. So, you know, replacing some of that, what we're missing around the social aspect of football that we talked about. But it's also like, it's an umbrella term, really. And like a lot of the things we do at the FSA, it's then up, it's about the different groups stepping up and and getting involved. Um, and the, there's been various bits and bobs that's, that's occurred already. I've got a separate window that I'd have to open to go through and list them. But um, it doesn't have to be a link to the club itself. It can just be the supporters groups. It could be multitudes of supporters groups in a region getting together. Um, some of the examples have been things like ring arounds, uh, Zoom calls, um, actually raising money for mental health charities. We had uh, guys at Hull doing that by... Um, um, revenue from replica shirts and things like that so there's it's just a it could be anything anyone wants as long as it's getting that message across and encapsulating that uh, message that it's good for fans to talk and to and to look after each other because the supporter groups are there usually for you know specific things it's about like match the experience or about how's the club being run there's always like an agenda um rarely have they ever sort of stopped and said you know we're, we're also here just for each other we're a support mechanism. We're here to put an arm around the shoulder and that that sort of thing. And trying to break down those sort of barriers and make sure that people are just looking out for each other when you you kind of get together. Yeah, so I found it, Omar. Don't panic. Um, I just, you know, I mean, I think the more football fans get on board, I mean, it might be, as I said um, before we went live, uh, you know, Scott, I'll give you Dave's, um, contact details, and it's probably good for you too to um, have a conversation after this to to see what obviously you can do 
um, maybe through Millwall or, or or through this side of London <coughs> because I bet there's there's other clubs in London that might join you on a walk uh, along the Thames, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and get on board with you, or or they might want to just talk to you to to go forward. I mean, how much? And, and you know, this is a question with all of you. I'll start with you, Rob. But um, how much is exercise a vital part of keeping yourself sane? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it saves a lot of people's lives, don't it? Exercise, and it's proven for at least is a high amount of dopamine. People like to, you know, makes you feel good. You know, once you go gym the rest of the day, you normally feel light and just sleep better. Um, you know, that's what we're designed to do, move. So um, I, I believe, you know, and science proves that it's, it's, it's beneficial massively. You know, remember these antidepressants, they don't release your dopamine, they don't release serotonin. They just, um, they, they just hold your, um, your cortisol levels off. So that's all they really do. They ain't fucking much. And they go, there's, some people go, I've got these tablets written to release serotonin. I've never seen no one happy on that antidepressant. If anything, end up, you know, the more they take, the more they end up motion less, they don't go up or down. So, you know, going for a run, there's going to be a better feeling taking a tablet. When my dad died, that's what I would do. I'd go for a run every day. Um, still, still wasn't easy, do you know what I mean? But it definitely, you definitely know it's the days when you don't run. Do you know what I mean? I think and it's a fantastic, fantastic thing for people to do. And Scott, to you, obviously, you, since, since the last time we talked, you look um, a lot more slimmer, uh, obviously, I can only see your face compared to where you were. But I mean, how many? What mileage are you doing a week now with with your walking? And have you found that the exercise really helps? Uh, yeah, definitely. As I said, I think like the exercise was the key for myself, and that's what I wanted to try and do and and push to other lads. And I, and I think the word exercise to people means different things. And some people are a bit frightened by it. They think like, if they've not done no exercise in their life, they say exercise. They're like, I'm not going to go down the gym. I'm not going to do that. But like all I'm doing is walking and uh and, and it definitely I, I do quite a lot of miles so definitely at the end of it I feel it um so it's definitely a good workout for me but exercise probably won't work necessarily maybe for every everybody do you know what I mean or there's different types of exercise you can do it might be really limited inside your home you don't even need to go out your ass a bit but 100% you'll feel better than you did beforehand um but yeah, in terms of sort of like my sort of mileage during the week, I ain't too short in a minute. It's so, so ridiculous. It happens because I'm doing all the one-to-one walks and, and other didn't bits you, of Didn't you a couple of weeks ago do five days of doing walking a marathon a day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a bit silly to try and raise. Because um, I've I, I done it purely on the basis that I needed to uh, do something that was going to catch people's imaginations to, to, to push the cord a bit further. And it definitely done the job. Um, and, and lucky enough, my feet didn't fall off by the end of it. But, um, but I think everyone's kind words and, and the amount of um, content it got. And like, a couple of papers got hold of it locally and stuff like that, which is really good. And, and then from that, although, yeah, I've walked them, them amount of miles for that, for that week, uh, I think we had another two lads that have come out from that um, that have reached out and, and got involved in doing the walks with me. And, and, and it's helped them. So, and, and, that, and that's I always do things by if it helps one person. I'm happy. So, so it's definitely done this. Um, definitely done this job so far. So, I've got one of the other questions I've got on on here, and then we're we're going to stuff what you possibly want to talk about to a degree. Is, um, what do each of you do to combat your own mental health, and what tips have you got for people who are listening or, or listen back to the podcast or or find it on YouTube? I mean, what what tips have you got, and what do you do personally? Uh, me, well, sorry. Oh, we're, we're, going, we're, we're start with you, Scott. Go on. 
Oh yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, mine my, my was really simple. Where it just obviously the exercise part of it um, for me, and obviously that that keeps me uh, just keeps me saying, keeps me ticking over, and, and keeps me really focused. Um, but also having this group of lads with me as well, and, and it's weird because I've got a couple of really close friends that I do talk to. I'm really open anyway, but um, but some people won't talk to their friends like that. But I've also got like a, a group of forty local lads now that are formed from this group who are the same as my other friends. We talk about all the same stuff, but I can release whatever I want to them straight away. So I never need to bottle anything up. And there's always someone available to get out and have a walk and stuff like that or a run or whatever it may be. So they're the two things for me, definitely. Definitely keep some sort of physical exercise, whether it's something really simple indoors, whether it's outside running. But then also you have to you have to talk to someone as well alongside that I feel I don't think it will work on its own because eventually it just it just keep you out of like Rob said earlier you might go for your run you feel good and then as soon as the doors close you're looking over your shoulder you're thinking like oh, that that thing's still there because you're not actually released it but um but that, that's what works for me and uh, and for the lads in the group and stuff but definitely some sort of exercise and also having someone to uh to, to talk to so what do you do Dave I mean because obviously I I can understand yours to a bit. There's a lot going on with what you do. You've you've got a lot of plates spinning as a as a whole. You've got lots of paymasters as such, uh, different functions of the organisation to deal with uh, issues arising from, especially when football's there of events or or things will happen. I mean, what what do you what tips can you give people to be able to to shut down? Yeah, I mean, when, when lockdown um, last year, when it first begun and everyone was sort of getting their heads around that, um, I think the first thing I did was delve into the, watching The Sopranos for the second time. Uh, that, that took up quite a bit, <laughs> a bit of time. But um, to switch off, really, it's uh, it's a sort of boring answer because it's already been been mentioned, but it's the the walking, getting out and walking. I, up north here, we have... Uh, we have a fair few mountains over in the west, uh, the Lake District. So I live like a couple of hours away from that. So, you know, once a month at least, I'd be over there walking up a mountain. But that, we obviously couldn't do any of that. But I'd be meeting my mates to do that. We'd have a few beers afterwards and stay over at Keswick or whatever. And all of that was taken away. So after, you know, you start getting a little bit of a rut at first. And then it's about just making sure you just get up and get out and get walking. And then I, after you know, getting a little bit bored with that, walking the same routes um, around the streets of Sunderland. Um, you then sort of think, well, I'm getting a bit bored of this. So I started listening to podcasts. And then all of a sudden I find I'm walking five mile, listening to two or three podcasts and interviews that I would never have listened to. And it's like a body and mind thing, isn't it? You're learning stuff. You're, you're listening to inspiring people. And at the same time, you're getting exercise without even really realising you're doing it. I think it's that and something that Rob touched on before, which I guess I've unconsciously done anyway, um, is, is have goals, have something to aim for. Out of lockdown, it was always when's the next weekend away, when I'm meeting my mates in the pub, uh, when's the next match, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff you could plan. So when you took that away, what are, what are the next goals, you know? So some of it can be work-related if you enjoy your work um, and some of it can be just simple stuff as I'm going to organise a Zoom call with my mates watch the match while we're on Zoom, have that interaction and that social interaction that we've been lacking. So, yeah, a mixture, I suppose, but walking's been the key one for me. So then, Rob, what's um, what do you do to sort out your own? Because, obviously, you you listen to everyone else's problems and you've got to have a way of of, of being able to, to 
compartmentalise those problems. People think that. They think that I need to listen to you know, I'm not a psychotherapist. I don't work like them. They talk about the, the content of the problem. I don't want people's fucking anxiety. So I listen to their anxiety for a bit and I'll give them toolkits to move forward. Add some, you know, a different, a different thought process completely. I'll get them doing what they're not doing. Spin them around, you know, completely. So for me... Um, I don't really get that much bad mental health anymore because I program my thoughts. I program my mind because if I wake up every morning, um, I, I, I visualize every day my goals. Yeah, so I've got loads, of, loads of goals I visualize first of all. This is because the unconscious mind doesn't know what's real and what isn't. So, if you was to close your eyes and, and visualize a goal, so say if you wanted to grow your um, walking team, for instance, Scott and, and Dave, and you know you want to build that bigger and, you, and you've got to have a goal of how big you're going to take it, otherwise you're just going to get stuck where you are or what's the next level of it. And if you keep creating these visions, when you're out walking, you know, or, or while you're out walking with, these, with your guys, you're talking about their goals like what Scott said earlier. And, like, and if you listened, they were all future goals that Scott said. They weren't no past goals. They weren't no forward. They were the ones that you see him to start, he started to smile. See, because the unconscious doesn't know what's real or what isn't real. It doesn't know what's going on in your three-dimensional world or what's going on in a memory, or what's going on inside your mind now. So it doesn't know what's real and what isn't. So when you close your eyes and you visualise a goal, so if I get someone, um, like weight loss is easy, yeah, because it's an easy vision. So people go, I want to lose weight, I don't want to be fat, blah, blah. So when I get them to visualise a goal for the first time, I always go, when was the last time you visualised yourself thin in the future? And sometimes most people go, no, I don't do that. And some people go, yeah, I do it all the time. And I go, oh dear, what do you visualise? They go, well, about four years ago, I lost three stone. I go, hang on, I, I don't want to ask you. How often do you visualise the future goal? And they don't. They don't fucking do it because they won't be here. Because if you if you close your eyes and you visualise you in you know six months' time in the body you want or with the, with the goal that you have in mind, and you visualise that you already have it happening now, your unconscious don't know what it, what's, what's true and what isn't. And the cortisol levels will drop. Between every human being's brain, he says, this is, you know, this is science. As you visualise a goal as an outcome, a good goal, your cortisol levels drop by 30 40%. Your serotonin, dopamine, endorphins all start to raise and other beautiful things start to release to 30 40%. That you're going to feel in that, in that goal. So you're starting to practice the emotional intelligence of having it because you're practicing the mind and body connection, like you said earlier. So as you, visit, if you, if you go, oh, I want to be a, I want to be a professional footballer. Oh, fucking kid, everyone says that. But when you close your eyes and you see yourself as a professional player, if you listen to my podcast with Jamie O'Hara, it's a good pod, really good podcast on this topic because he, he said he fucked his career up, yeah? His ex-mural player, then he got put, was it Portsmouth from London, just today? And um, he, he said, when people used to ask him, Jamie, how would you come a premiership player? And he used to go, I don't know. And he said, I used to go, it's easy. I used to just visualise myself playing for Tottenham and being a premiership player. And I played football, that was it. He said, they look at me and think, you fuck, you know, think being fucking flash. He went, but I didn't honestly know what else to say to him. But he said, when I got to Tottenham, when I got there, he said, and I was getting 40 grand a week, I stopped visualising. No one taught me what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. He said, so when I got there, I weren't training to make the first team. I was tra- I was just training to sustain my fitness to, um, fitness to play Saturday. He said, and I, was, I didn't have no visions of the future. So I started getting injured, going out on the pitch, you know, fucking things up and... Um, I think the last straw was, uh, he said, the girlfriend fell for a table in a club, he got pictured coming out, and um, what's his name, Redknapp said, you know, he's sort of out of it now, you know. Um, but he said, now I'll talk, I'll talk about the RVS system, he come to my retreat in Spain, we looked at the mind, and um, he was blown away by it. He went, this is fucking, you know, and that's what I should have been doing. I should have been visualising scoring 30 goals for Tottenham this season. I should have been visualising making the England first team. Um, he said, but I, I won, I got caught there. So this is another thing. 
You know, you can visualize your goals and get to a level, but then you have to raise your fucking standards and create new ones to keep moving on. Because this is what we are. We're creators. Yeah, human beings are creators. Everything gets made twice. First inside the mind as a fault, then outside here in a reality. So anyone at home listening now, look around the room you're in. See if you can find and you guys, see if you can find anything in the room you're in now that never started as a fault, that wasn't made twice. And there's one exception, except for what comes from nature and the earth in its original form. So except for trees, plants, cats, dogs, wind, rain, sand, snow, all that sort of stuff. If you look around your around the room you're in, you're gonna see that everything first got created as a vision in a man's mind before it got created as a thing on objects. And I could go look at the inside and outside of every building in London, except for what comes from nature and the earth in its original form. See if you can find me one thing in the whole of London that never started as a fault. And there's nothing. So every, everywhere you go, you have to think about what fucking clothes you put on before you put them on, right? You have to think about pressing the buttons to come on here. Everything's getting made twice. And you have to start getting in that circle. Wherever you look, you realise that things are getting made twice. So if you're not putting it inside there, don't expect an, a good future outside here because this mindfulness stuff they're talking about is amazing. Yeah, it helps your anxiety. But don't fucking better your life. Don't cure it because you've got, you've got to rely on your mindfulness every day of meditating and getting in the moment. And yeah, you'll, you'll take away your anxieties and feel better. Yeah, I'll get that. But you ain't going to get a better fucking life, a more peace, peaceful life or more things that you desire, whatever that be. You know, you've got to first create inside there. Then that'll get delivered to you. Then you can enjoy the fucking moment. But it's no good living in the moment if you're fucking, if you're homeless, for instance. What's the fuck ain't going to Or when you're down and depressed. We've got to live, we've got to start to see the future, the, 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 the desired outcome. Sorry, I'm going to I'm going to get you to do Sunderland's uh, team talks, Rob. Yeah, so we've, had, there, we've had there. someone. We've had someone there. Look, we've had um, Joe said, uh, "Why don't we I get Rob? Why don't we get Rob on board sorting the players' mentality out?" Um, <laughs> and another one where um, we've had is, uh, you know, Chopper Harris beating cancer. The way he took that fight on gave uh, Alan Smith a, a, a load of strength. Um, you know, for, for doing it. So I suppose there are, you know, individuals what will give you strength, individual goals and whatnot. So look, we're coming up near the end yeah. of the show. Um we we'll start with you, Dave. Um how can um people get involved? Um I have got the link um for you for what you're doing, but how can people um get involved? How can people get in touch? Um and, and that really for uh Terrace Terrace Talk. Well, easy ways, email us at uh, info at thefsa.org.uk um, with any ideas or if you just want uh, to have a chat about it, ping an email to us and we'll pick it up and, and get back to you on the phone or by email or whatever. Uh, but also, if you know who you like, you know, your, your local activists are at the, at the club, uh, other supporters, have a chat with them. Think of an idea, like, uh, you know, whether it is walking along the Thames or whatever, uh, you know, go for it, do it, tell us about it. We'll showcase it on our website. That'll inspire other fans at other clubs to do it. And before you know it, around the country, everyone's just looking at what the best practice is and what the inspirational ideas are around it. And you'll have fans. It's already happened. We've already got 10, 12, 15 examples of fan groups or individuals just stand up and saying, I'm going to do this. So just just tell us about it. Come to us if you want help with some ideas and we'll, we'll uh, show you what other groups are doing. Um, and just don't, you know, don't be afraid to do it. Um, get out there, get in touch with your mates and, and go for it. Scott, how can people get involved with uh, the Proper Blokes Club um, uh, and uh, when do you meet at, uh, on the River Thames and, and can people join in? Uh, yeah, definitely. So we're, all, we're over um, uh, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at the Proper Blokes Club. Um, 
So just just ping me over a message on there. Uh, there is one thing I want to say actually on that is that if you are watching this and you think, oh, it doesn't affect me, it doesn't, it, like, I'm sweet, I'm, I'm all right. That's not the point of it. The point is if you feel like this is a good little message, just give it a little share. Yeah, because the, the chances are that if you've got more than one friend on your Facebook list, then there's probably someone in there that might look at this and say, hold on, that might be something I, I need and might be able to um, get involved in because they might not be able to talk to you or people around them, but talking to someone they don't know to, so they don't feel that judgment side of things. So definitely, you can if you need it yourself and you're watching this, please feel free to reach out on one of them platforms. Um, but then if you don't feel you need it, just at least give it a share the page and and I'll give you my number on there and we can, we can do it that way, that's fine. Um, and the walks themselves happen on Thursdays and Sundays, starting on the 1st of April, um, 6 o'clock on Thursdays and 6.30 on Sundays. Um, and they both meet outside HMS Belfast near the Tower Bridge. Um, and then we take a walk up the up the Dockman's Pass, probably about a five, six-mile walk. Um, but, yeah, that's how you get in, t- you get in contact. Excellent. Um, Rob, how can, um, how can people take you up on, on some bits and pieces or even get in contact and, um, and what have you got going on? I know you've done your, um, you had your, um, lessons this week, didn't you? You've done a, 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 an in-house campus. Yeah. I'm training people to become therapists now, unconscious mind therapist, and to get my brand out there to help people probably and get results. You know, I'm known for getting fast results in two, three hours. Um, filmed on camera getting people out of the house with anxiety or without sorry agoraphobia and um things like this so a bit like paul mckenna Darren brownie sort of fast acting um therapy um so yeah i'm training today i just finished finished today i'm teaching people unconscious mind therapy um i'm still doing my sessions i still help people on a daily basis um i've got my retreat in spain that people want to get away they want to come out and have a week break um, you get to you know exercise every day in a nice, um, beautiful villa, swimming pool. We got um, a nutritionist who does all the food, teaches you every meal you eat. She'll tell you why you're eating it. You know, like I didn't know till I met her. Ninety percent of serotonin comes from your gut, so what you eat can make you happy as well. So it's something to look into for people diet, and um, yeah, and then the mind therapies we do that as well. We've got my podcast. I've got loads of information on. I've modelled the mindset of greatness on my podcast, sort of getting all successful people and showing you what I'm doing is ripping out what they all do the same. The unconscious process, don't matter if one's like, you know, a, a club owner, one's a professional footballer, I had Wayne Bridge on there and um, Jamie O'Hara and then you've got like people like Dapper Laughs, who's a comedian. And I'll show you what they all do unconsciously the same, you know, to to, to get where they where they got. And um, so, yeah, there's some good help on there. You go, you go on YouTube and Google me or, or, in the, um, or on Google and you'll find a lot of stuff. But Robert Icey, Names there on Instagram, so yeah, that's a good one. And Facebook, so thanks, chaps. No, no, thank, well done, by the way. thank you um, to all of you, and, and maybe we'll look at doing this again in a couple of months. And, and just, uh, I think maybe um, I might come on one of your walks, uh, Scott. Bring my dog, and, yeah, uh, and, and, yeah, and terror, terrify the uh, the River Thames. Um, <laughs> but look, I think. We've been quite mellow today, um, to a degree. We've we've addressed quite a few points. I think the problem is with us as men is that um, sometimes we believe that our problems are our problems alone, and no one else suffers the same as us. When actually, if we do talk, as we found tonight between us uh, us five on 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 the show, 
most of us have the same issues as such. We, we, we have the same thought process. It's just that because we don't necessarily talk, and it was something what Scott said earlier, you don't want someone to judge you with an issue what you might or might not have. So you don't necessarily want to tell your pal, but you're more, more than happy to tell a stranger or you're more than happy to tell um, a therapist or, or, or someone else with a CBT, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, you've got CBT. I didn't find um, at all entertaining. I, I just, I, I didn't get on with that at all, same as you. But the talking to someone who doesn't judge you um, or anything else, I found really, really great. It, it, it was a, a good release, actually. You can walk out and go, actually, that thing I've just said doesn't make me seem crazy that if I told Ted down the pub, he would have thought I was a fucking lunatic. Um, and I think these little things, look, if – if this show, if you're listening back to this show or you find it by accident or on YouTube going forward or you're listening to it in a podcast when it comes out tonight and you're walking the dog or whatever, there's three lots of people's details what are going to be put on there. Our DMs um, are always always open on that middle podcast uh, and, and my personal one as well. Uh, and if you just want to chat or, or you want to reach out, do so. We can put you in touch with the relevant people. There, there's there's plenty of people we know where if you do need proper help, there are people we can direct you to. But I think it's um, – I think the whole of this was just literally to try and help. If we've made one person think, actually, you know, I, I, I want to reach out, I, I'm going to go talk about what's going on in my head or, or what's going on, um, I think we've, we've probably succeeded what we wanted to do, to be fair, gents. Mm. Definitely. Um, I always like to end with a final word. So um, I'll start with you, Dave. Um, have you got a, a final a final thought or anything you want to put out? Um, just just that, um, well, first of all, just thanks. And we're really ensuring what a great idea to put this out there. Um, and let, let's just continue to have a conversation. Soon we'll be coming out of lockdown, hopefully. Um, and... Let's not make this just a lockdown thing, blokes talking and mental health. Let's keep it going and keep the conversation out there. And um, let's say, get in touch with the FSA if you've got any ideas on how you want to amplify this message. Scott? Yeah, just the same, really. Thanks for obviously putting on the show. It just shows you the movement's moving forward. Um, and obviously the biggest thing is, is just if you need to talk, reach out. There are people out there. Um, like us guys here that are doing this stuff but also the other services out there and other grassroots movements that are there to support you and help you so don't suffer in silence and and, and don't worry about manning up or anything like that just reach out and uh, get the support you need because out there Rob Thank you again mate thank you very much chaps for having me on and you know what you guys are doing with the walking and, and helping people is um, absolutely amazing so I'll just say visualise and materialise you know if you can't see it you can't be it so bear that in mind Excellent um, Omar Nothing to add just you know, great to listen to this today to be honest obviously you know it's um, great insight and obviously you know as the guys have said there just echo it you know it's good that we've all spoke about it today yeah, it's amazing. Men speaking out, I think it's great what you've done here, guys, by the way, organising this. The more we see men speak out, the more that men are speaking out, you know. It's good. My business partner, Tam Hassan, in um, the Mind Soldiers, is my charity I've got that we're opening and it's starting to, it's, to go. It's good, you know, the more men we get speaking out, the more the, the, the younger generation. After we find, you know, through lockdown, a lot more of my clients have been men. I didn't hardly used to get any, you know. It's not mine new, but I've started noticing men are... You know, they're starting to open up and men are, men are bringing their pals here and paying for their pals and things like that to come and see me. So it's definitely getting um, 
it's definitely, it's, it's definitely getting there. It's a lot more programs now, isn't it? Where it's focusing subconsciously, maybe where there's a lot more programs that are focusing more on, on you know, it's okay not to be okay, um, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's good to talk, it's good to this, and and I think a lot of these programs, when you see guys opening up a bit, especially big guys, you know, like movie stars or whatever, talking about their inner feelings, then it sort of gives, you know, us 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 lower lower level people actually you know what if he's doing it then then we can do it and, and, and vice versa so look look this was a special we hopefully probably do one of these again in a couple of months time um we just wanted to do something as Millwall fans to say look you know um we've got a reputation we've got this uh image of being Millwall fans but actually you know what it is good to talk uh if you've got a pal who you think actually hasn't really picked up the phone as much as he used to just give him a call check that he's okay remember uh, don't ask once, ask twice. Remember, it is okay not to be okay. Thanks very much for tuning in. Um, this will be released as a podcast. This will be um, on the YouTube channel to watch back. Uh, and again, thank you very much for joining and uh, enjoy life. to strep tests. Visit Miniclinic at CVS. See a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials. Or see us online with telehealth options. That's how healthier happens together. Services vary by location. Prescriptions can be obtained at pharmacy of choice. Visit miniclinic.com for details. Here's the lowdown on lowering bad cholesterol from Lecvio. Lowering bad cholesterol is hard, but you could do hard. You live through five fad diets, 11 sleep training nights, Nine mediocre middle school recitals, one heart attack, and with Lecvio, you can lower your bad cholesterol and keep it low with two doses a year after two starter doses. Prescription Lecvio in glycerin is given by a doctor for people with known heart disease on a statin with diet who need more help lowering bad cholesterol. Common side effects were injection site reaction, joint pain, urinary tract infection, diarrhea, chest cold, pain in legs or arms, and shortness of breath. Results may vary. Learn more at lecvio.com or call 1-833-537-8462. Ask your doctor about Lecvio. That's L-E-Q-V-I-O. Lower. Longer. Lecvio. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.